0: This is Daniel Figel and you're listening to the AI and Business Podcast. It's no surprise to any of you who've been longtime listeners to hear that the banking and financial services space is a large percentage of our work with enterprise clients when it comes to help building AI strategies, picking high ROI, AI initiatives, and selecting vendors. Those of you who are Emerge Plus members know that we have a massive library of use cases across all different banking functions that we're constantly tracking and updating all the time. We like to get those updates from the vendor companies that are building these cutting-edge solutions, but we also like to talk to banking leaders, people that are awful hard to get a hold of. In the past, we've had C-level leaders from Citibank. We've had the former head of AI at HSBC, one of the largest banks in the world, and today we're lucky enough to speak with the head of AI at U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank is a $26 billion financial services entity based here in the United States, not surprisingly, and Tana Sri luke is the head of AI there. Shree speaks to us this week about recommendations for banking user experience. How do we prompt users with the right kind of features and the right kind of services to really predict their needs and solve their problems more effortlessly based on what they Give us in terms of their past user behavior based on their customer service interactions, etc. It's a bit of a different slant on user experience in banking. I think there's often too much talk about chatbots and not enough talk about other elements and directions. And Tana Shree does an excellent job of highlighting what I think is probably an, an underrepresented dynamic in banking. There's not that much money going into it. There certainly aren't that many vendors doing it. Uh, but Tanashree talks about what they're trying to do at U.S. Bank, and I think it's a cool dynamic from somebody who has an interesting perspective from deep inside uh, a rather large financial services firm. If you haven't already downloaded our AI and banking cheat sheet, by the way, you want to understand more use cases, even if you're not an Emerge Plus member, if you want a, a solid little library of use cases and critical terms for AI and banking, go to emerj.com slash CS1. That stands for cheat sheet. So emerj.com slash CS1, that's our AI and banking cheat sheet. If you want the key terms and key use cases for AI and banking in one short brief PDF, you can simply download it there and check it out. Without further ado, we're gonna hop into this episode with Tana Sri of US Bank here on the AI and Business Podcast. So Tanu, um, I know we're going to be speaking about customer-facing applications for AI and banking. We talk a lot about the back-end and risk-related applications, but I know you wanted to dive into recommendation engines first. Can you articulate maybe where you're seeing those start to fit into the customer experience today?
1: Right. So in terms of recommendation engines today, they're used quite a lot in customer-facing applications and chatbots in virtual assistants embedded into them so that the customers can have that experience in the front end and also that's true in the back end as well for agents, for example. Um, The way I'm gonna break this out is actually talk about the systems, the way these um, front end systems, the customer facing systems work without the recommendation engine or without AI first, and then I'll talk about um, how to embed or what the advantages are when you actually implement AI. Cool. Yeah. So when you think about a a process, you are looking at a customer today in banking or in finance, the standard customer processes, you have a problem, you either go to your website, you log in to authenticate yourself, you log into your banking system, and then you, let's say, look through your bill pay and something is due to you. Um, your bill is due for mortgage or whatever your loan application, loan amount is due. So let's just take that one particular use case. If you're paying your mortgage bill on the 15th of every month, and you go through the regular system, you log in, as I mentioned, you authenticate yourself and then you try to pay the bill. Um, On a regular basis, that's just a normal function. You would do that. Sometimes you can do that on your mobile app. If there are more advanced applications that you can use, say various Android or iOS systems, you can use all of that. The recommendation systems come in. So that's the process today before the AI. So you go in, you just take care of that manually. The reason why we would look at something like a recommendation system in this case, as an application or an AI, is to speed up the process. So, for example, if you're running late, if you don't, um, you're on travel. Let's take that as a use case. You're on travel, or for some reason you're running late because your um, account is not. Somebody hasn't deposited the money that you usually use in order to pay your bill. All of those use cases with recommendation systems or AI, you can sort of anticipate ahead of time. So, let's break it down into a sub couple of components. So let's assume you're on travel. Maybe we know that because you uh, you purchased a ticket or we know that you had a travel alert or you wanted to set up auto pay. All of that is built into the data. We know that in your data. So therefore, if you are now logging into the system and you re- look through it through the ML AI lens, what we can do is say, okay, you're on travel then. How can we now proactively create an alert so that even if you're on travel, you're not delayed in paying your mortgage bill. We can auto set that up so we can send you an alert that says you're on travel, your mortgage bill is due on the 15th. Here is a way you can pay it automatically by either a push notification or an alert. All of that push notification, all of those alert systems, the way they work is they look at your data in the background and create recommendations or confidence scores in the background to then say, here are some of the potential ways that we can solve the problem for uh, let's say Dan who wants to pay his mortgage bill on the 15th in the future state. That's one example. The other one is, let's assume you use one of your bank accounts to then uh, your savings account, to then move the money into your checking in order to pay your mortgage bill. That's the other use case, whereby you are saying, okay, well, I haven't, there's a delay in getting myself paid into my own savings account or my savings account doesn't have the right amount of money yet or the full amount of money that I can then shift that into my mortgage into checking so that i can pay my mortgage bill. Well. In cases like that for example, using machine learning ai, you can actually assess how much you have and then create recommendations for the customers by saying okay, well you don't necessarily have, you know, you, your bill might be $100, you don't have the whole amount but you can pay 50 in order to avoid late fees or in order to avoid additional charges. There might be a minimum amount you can pay. So recommendation systems for machine learning ai systems using recommendations can provide those recommendations to customers in order to avoid them extra hassles and make customer experience on the content really, really useful. Now, how does that build into chatbots and machine learning, other voice assistant, uh, machine learning-driven voice assistants? The way that would work is you would then be able to also send an alert, as I said, not just as a push notification, but as a voice recording. And these are some of the things that people are working in, in the banking sector, where you could then proactively send somebody a voice recording and say, hey, your bill is due on the so-and-so date. And by the way, we noticed that you don't have the whole amount, but you can pay an X amount of money. That makes it easier. It's personal. It can also you can customize that message and it's a lot more of a personal touch and a customized reaction or interaction with a customer. Got it. So that's okay. One way we can sure. we can do that.
0: Do you mind if I poke into this here, toner now that you've given us a lot to work with? Sure. Great. So we'll we'll just dive right in. So the few few different sort of points to, to bear in mind, I guess, here. One is the detection of if someone is traveling so that we can remind them to do what they're doing. So as you were saying, we're talking about, you know, paying your mortgage bill. So you log in into your online interface or your web app or whatever, and you just go pay your mortgage bill. It's something you do on the 15th of every month or whenever whenever it's due and and uh you know it's just a, a habit and a process. It's a, a manual a manual thing. Maybe you even show up at the branch if you're really old school. What what you're saying is that we could sort of potentially predict whether someone's pattern of behavior is likely to result in them not paying it. So you use travel as one example. It would almost seem like what you seem to be articulating is we will pull in various sorts of data to see with what level of confidence we believe they are not going to be around. They are going to be traveling. And if it crosses X degree of confidence, we will kick out some kind of a a recommended notice that will say, hey, uh, looks like you might be on the road. You know, you can go here to square away your mortgage. Am Am I picking up what you're putting down properly, Tano?
1: Um, that's one way. That's one option. The other option is customers also tend to put in auto notifications. They can in their systems in in your banking systems. A lot of banking applications will let you set up uh, travel notifications. Or they can uh, customers can also request that on certain times of the month proactively. That you know, if you know that you have anticipated travel coming, they can also notify us of the ranges. For example, that's that's another way. Yeah. Um, in a regulated domain. There are various ways that we can do that, but it's always related to customer consent about the information that we pull in into our system. So we we can then, you know, with consent, then look at that information and then say, what can we recommend to if they're on travel? Have they given us consent to look at that travel? Things of that nature.
0: Got it. Yeah. It, it almost, I mean, in real frankness with you here, it, it almost seems somewhat unrealistic that we would need AI to know if somebody is traveling or, or that that would even work better than them just setting a notice and making that feature easy, or um, looking at some very simple individual factor, like you know they just bought an airline ticket with their name on it or something like that. It almost feels like that doesn't even feel like as much of a recommendation in an AI case. Uh, when do we kick out notices? Almost just feels like they set a setting. You know, like you said, it's also really sensitive data that always makes this harder, right? I mean, it's your job is way harder when you're not Amazon. You know, if I buy a book or a you know a, a pack of playing cards. That's not really personal information, but you know, for you folks, travel might be, so that, that makes it touchier. Are there instances where we actually need AI to do any of these uh, kind of announcements, suggestions at all? It it feels like it's, it's kind of tough to know when it would be better than maybe something simpler.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, of course. So if you're just looking at it one use case at a time, of course it sounds like an overkill. I agree with you, but if you're looking at a regular banking experience, When somebody now logs into, as I mentioned, chatbots, for example, let's take that as a prime example where recommendation systems are built in and really helpful. If you're trying to log into your system, you have a mobile phone, you're a customer, you log into your banking application, instead of digging through multiple pages, the way that the machine learning, the use case would be really helpful is if your chatbot or your intelligent assistant pops up and knows why you're there is just you having ah, to look through in in okay. your mobile app 15 different pages and navigating to it. So for example, um the one that I use quite a bit. If I'm standing in front of my ATM and I cannot remember my password or my PIN number, if I forget that or if I forgot to set that up or whatever, what have you. And I'm standing in front of my ATM and at that point I don't remember what exactly I'm you know what that number is. I can pull out my mobile app and I can log in and then I can go into my mobile system after I authenticate. And if I now have an intelligent assistant, recommendation systems above and beyond the travel example that I use as a one use case, you can now have with higher degrees of confidence, oh, Tano standing in front of an ATM is probably likely looking at and has forgotten. So that might be an option because I just opened up an account. So recommendation systems in this case are a larger, more complex ecosystem that we look at, right? So it's not just one use case. And then yeah. the second one on that option could be with lesser degree of confidence, oh, is on travel in a different city and maybe wants to pay her mortgage bill as well. So my point is recommendation systems are providing recommendations based off of confidence levels, And yeah. there are many confidence level items, but the point is that you don't have to as a customer look through 15 different pages, try to find the answer when it might be available to you through the use of AI machine learning in front of you as soon as you open your application.
0: This makes a a lot more sense. Okay, thank you for the clarification there. So it sounds like what you're getting at is, hey, there's a lot of signals we're picking up from the behavior of this person. And based on those signals and maybe past activity or whatever the case may be, when they log into their app, we're going to have the layout of whatever the buttons are or the homepage is or whatever the case may be be most likely to, to be displaying the things that we think they're there to do in the first place. And so we're kind of satisfying that need and making things all the more easy. You know, you can think about this in, in your social profiles or your Airbnb account, or your, uh, you know, if you, if you use, you know, Amazon or something, it's, it's sort of, you know, there's always some degree of personalization of what is the interface you're staring at. Of course, in banking, I feel like it's actually a little bit of a tougher problem in some ways. But what you're getting at is that, again, you can kind of programmatically generate whatever the button layout is or the feature layout is or the, you know, what's displayed where to sort of, you know, get at why you think they're there in the first place, just like all these other apps that they're used to using that are customized for them.
1: Right. It's saving you time. It's giving you better options and it's giving you those options at your fingertips in that moment.
0: Okay. So yeah. the so the before, this is great. I'm going to paint this picture for the audience and get your clarification and, and maybe a couple more details because now this is coming together. So the before is, hey, you have a static mobile app. You have a static website. You go in, you search through the menu or you call the phone line if you can't find it. And uh, you know you set your reminder for travel or you set your mortgage payment or you do whatever you're doing when you log in. The after is We use information about maybe what someone is purchasing or maybe their past behavior or how often they've logged in or what kind of customer support tickets we had. And I imagine, Tanu, a lot of the challenge for you guys is being able to unify all those streams of data and determine what the heck signal they actually mean, you know, what, what. What they purport to actually pertain to. There's tremendous amount of work in number one wrangling that data. Number two, figuring out what the heck correlates to the intent of the user. I mean, that's hard work, very hard. But but what you're doing is you're pulling from as many data sources as you, Tanu, and your team um, can get access to, so that when someone logs in, you know, we have a a better sense than let's say default of what they're going to try to do, and we can have them maybe be presented with, with with what's most most handy for them now. I imagine Tanu. Maybe you're not there yet, but I imagine the goal would be to make it so that we can have a feedback loop there. In other words, we can measure: do they get to their intended result faster? You know, was was this was this uh, session within the app? you know, quicker or slower than it was before? Did they, you know, call the phone line right afterwards where maybe they got confused? You know, how do we figure out if if this is working or not? I think Amazon just knows if it's working because they're getting you to buy something. Maybe they're looking at your customer lifetime value, but for the most part, they're probably just looking at your cart value for that particular visit. How do you measure success here?
1: So that's success. This is a true and tried method in uh, call center agent tracking as well. It's always tracked in the, uh, as a post process. So like somebody is provided with a recommendation, they clicked on an icon, they went through certain pages. The one way to measure it directly is where they went and what they did. So the recommendation was, here's a way to quickly tap and pay your bill. Did they actually went go through that action? If something is more generic, as in where's the nearest ATM address that popped up as one of the recommendations, and you, you know clicked on that to get the address. Then the question is, did you, after that, call the customer agent or did what action did you take? Did you call in and ask the same question again? There are ways that we measure this as a, as a after effect to track it back to the customer and also see uh, net promoter scores as a value add as well. Yeah. We track it in many, many different ways.
0: And and that's got to be kind of nuanced. Like you said, many ways, right? If If they're looking, if you just get them to click a button that you've presented to them and it seems like what they were looking for, you can score that in a certain way if you present a button and they navigate past it and they do something else you got to find some kind of way to score that as well so it sounds like it's it's almost kind of per interaction type you're going to have to have a structured method for knowing if it's working or not but it sounds like you're you know there there are methods developed and you just got to have those different ones set up and lined up so that you can figure out of all these different suggestions and recommendations for the user experience you know, which of them are actually moving the needle in the in the right way or the or the wrong way right cool So neat. Well, I I guess as kind of a closing note on this first use case episode here, you know, when you think about where this is taking us eventually, Tanu, I mean, you're really in the weeds with uh, the user experience of artificial intelligence in in banking. Where do you see this going? You know, right now it's, you know, we're going to find what we want even faster when we log into the app. Where does it go kind of beyond that that really gets you excited as you look five years ahead?
1: Well, we throw in a generic term most of the time uh, in this context as personalization. I think you mentioned that as well. You referred to it as well on this call. One of the things that we are looking at is what is the true nature of personalization? So the recommendation systems is, is really taking us towards a true sense of personalization, whereby it's not generically providing customers with options. It's actually saying what are Dan's needs? Today, as you interact in banking in your banking systems, as opposed to Tanu's needs, so separating that individual level, but more importantly, anticipating for you, for example, in the future state. Oh, Dan just you know paid his mortgage bill, and all of that is on track. Is then an opportunity to provide uh, savings that you might not have recognized earlier. Other options um, that we might also recommend to get you into a larger saving category as well to help you sort of. Um, in a different product, but provide you a very personalized look at that. So that's one place. The other place is right now with our um, economic fluctuations and, uh, you know, that the world around us is changing completely as we speak. So how do economic factors affect us? Well, there are ways that you can track it. You can track that through obviously 10 different web spaces and looking at your stock market portfolio, things of that nature. But how would recommendation systems built into the customer service experience help in integrating more complex data in the IoT space, the Internet of Things space, in pulling in more sensor data, we can give you a profile, a larger, larger view into not just your immediate banking needs, but also what else is happening in the economic domain, in the in the financial domain that may impact you to help you forecast better. So those are some of the places where I think recognition systems are going to go in a in a very uh, exciting way to get you better prepared for the future as a, in the financial industry as a customer.
0: Yeah, yeah. So hopefully this is a nice little bit of a looking glass for the listeners tuned in as to what the inside of your banking app might look like five years ahead. I, I certainly think that being able to pull in that broader context, we're not there yet, but I can kind of see where we're headed and I think that's neat to be able to see. Tanu, I know that's all that we had for this first use case episode, but thank you so much for being able to join us here on the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for the invite.
0: So that's all for this Tuesday episode of the AI in Business podcast. Every Tuesday we cover new use cases. Today obviously we covered recommendations for banking. I hope you enjoyed this episode. On Thursday we're going to be getting into making the business case where we talk about high level dynamics of AI adoption and the return on investment of AI. We're going to be diving into how to leverage AI for a competitive advantage on Thursday and so you're not going to want to miss that upcoming episode. Also, if you haven't already followed us on social, be sure to do so. Recently, our Twitter following has been growing a lot, which has been great to see. We're just at EMERJ on Twitter. Very easy to find. Or you can also follow all of our latest articles, podcasts, and updates at Emerge Artificial Intelligence Research on LinkedIn or on Facebook as well. So stay tuned on social. Stay tuned here on the podcast. I'll catch you in two days for our Making the Business Case episode on Thursday.